0: and you would ask yourself, well, why would a physician (laughs) would ever need a side hustle? And as you were saying correctly, you know, your volume dropped by 50% and you were working four days in a month. That significantly impact your monthly income and, and it has impact mine. Quote unquote advisors here and there, and you're not so sure whether the advice is right or not. You're not sure whether there's conflict or not. Uh, And so along the way, I've made a lot of mistakes, even with advisors.
1: You know, I I want people to know, especially in healthcare, that, you know, it is okay to talk about finance. Like I really wanna get that conversation going. And and I think there's a variety of reasons why, you know, we tend not to talk about finances in, in medicine. I've also made it very clear that, you know, I'm I'm not you know the the expert. I am learning on the go. I think my my knowledge is, is is good, but I am learning on the go. So what I try to do is bring on an expert uh, alongside me who will kind of guide us with the right content because, the goal is to, you know, relay the right content so that people in our profession can feel well equipped to to understand the information and and make the right decisions for themselves.
0: my financial health doc welcome to the financial literacy podcast for health care professionals where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo so welcome to the show everyone and uh, we are back with uh, how's my financial health doc podcast Today, we have a guest with with us, and uh, this is a fabulous guest because I thought I was the only one doing this in the airwaves in Canada, and uh, I accidentally bumped into Yatin uh, on one of his podcasts, and I was blown away by the knowledge uh, that he has in personal finance and finance in general. And Yatin is not a financial planner and he's not a finance guy. Yatin is a radiologist and that's what blew me away. And I'm like, oh my God, I found another mutant like myself in Canada. And it was, that was a pleasant surprise. And I connected with Yatin. So Yatin, uh, welcome to the show. Hey Vu, thanks
1: so much for having me on.
0: So Yatin, tell Tell us a little bit about your show. Uh, when did you start and uh, what is it about? Yeah, Vu.
1: Well, you know, first of all, I, I just want to say, uh, I think you're doing a really good job with with your podcast. Um, you know, I, I stumbled across it, you know, a little bit late, but I've tuned in for some episodes. And, you know, I think in terms of the content that you're providing for your listeners, I think it's it's bang on. It's, it's great content. And um, after listening to your episodes, I can really get a good sense of, you know, your, your mission and your passion. So I just want to say, you know, great work on that. Um, and thanks for having me on. So for, for my podcast, essentially, what I'm trying to do is channel my interest in finance, and try to bridge the gap a little bit between, you know, healthcare professionals and, and these various financial topics. And, you know, kind of how that came about. I've been very fortunate in that I've trained and worked in about five centers across North America so I did my fellowship in the states as well and I found that the one common denominator was really regardless of where I went um, you know many healthcare professionals just they did not seem to have a good grasp of of important financial topics. Now that being said I know there are many out there who are very well versed in finance but I don't think that applies to uh, medical professionals in, in general and so I found there to be a need for this subject content and I think what people do tend to enjoy is somebody, one of their own, who's able to maybe break down what seems like a complex topic into more digestible bits. And that's what I'm trying to do on the podcast. And I've also made it very clear that, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, the, the expert I am learning on the go. I think my, my knowledge is, is, is good, but I am learning on the go. So what I try to do is bring on an expert uh, alongside me who will kind of guide us with the right content, because the goal is to uh, you know relay the right content so that people in our profession can feel well equipped to to understand the information and and make the right decisions for themselves. So that's why I decided to launch the Beyond MD podcast and it started in September.
0: Oh, very well. So I uh, I was hoping you'd you'd say the name of your podcast earlier. So uh, what is it again? It's
1: the uh, Beyond MD podcast with uh, Yatan Shadow with me. okay. Yeah, so it's available on all streaming platforms. So uh, Apple is the most common, but Google, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, really uh, any, anywhere, you can find it anywhere.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. So I guess you and I started for the same reason. You know, I, I've been thinking about this for quite a few years. How about yourself? Yeah,
1: you know what, I initially was thinking of of more a course, but then the pandemic hit and then I decided, well, the best way to get the content that would be in a podcast format. So it's probably been a year for me, but I got serious about it in the summertime in the pandemic as well.
0: Yeah. So it's very funny how, you know, we're living through a pandemic and and us as doctors think of different ways of reaching people, reaching out or finding other interests and the reason I, I say this, the pandemic, is because it really offers us a time that we typically don't have. How does the pandemic uh, impact uh, your time, your family life, and time for other hobbies?
1: Yeah, that that's a great question. So I can tell you at the start of the pandemic, really March and April, um, our volumes were, were cut by more than half. So... I would say in April, I worked only four days and I was at home with the kids, but now I, I elected to take some more time off. And, you know, the pandemic, it, it gave me a lot of time to reflect on myself, on my family. And, you know, one of the things I really valued during that time was was more time with, with the kids. So schools were shut down. And at that time, I decided a priority for me was doing whatever I can as a parent to spend as much time as possible with my boys and just make those months uh, memorable for all of us as a family. So, you know, I did that to the best of my ability, but you know, I'm somebody I don't do well sitting still, I need to keep busy. And then I was thinking, well, how am I going to continue to have an impact? You know, I, I strive to do so every day at work. But not working so much in the pandemic, um, then I started to think about my interests and how I could channel those those interests. So that's when my idea for the podcast, um, you know, kind of came up. So, you know, I, I I took it upon myself to to, to launch that, and um, you know, I guess it was it was pandemic inspired, but it was it was on my mind for for a while. And now I just plan to kind of continue it forward.
0: It's uh, very interesting because. The pandemic has definitely impacted people in very different ways. I I believe that for most people who the pandemic has given back their time, uh like it it like it did for you and I. Uh, that most of us have channeled that time to do something else. And uh many of us I I, I suspect have either developed a hobby or either developed a, you know, a financial uh, side hustle, right? And you would ask yourself, well, why would a physician (laughs) would ever need a side hustle? Um, And as you were saying correctly, you know, your volume dropped by 50% and you were working four days in a month, that significantly impact your monthly income and, and it has impact mine. Uh, not to say that I'm making money on a podcast. In fact, my family is asking me, why am I doing this for free? (laughs) I'm spending so much time doing the recording and editing and I'm doing it for free, but it's a passion and hopefully will lead to some sort of, uh, uh, um, thing that could be monetized at some point, but many people have used this time to actually develop something that could be monetized.
1: Yeah, you know what, so I will say that uh, from March to May, our volumes were cut in half easily, but I've noticed a change, you know, with with the pandemic, we've had obviously a lot of telehealth, telemedicine, and and, you know, that's introduced, you know, other pros and cons, I think some challenges, uh, you know, into how physicians assess their patients. But what I've seen since the introduction of telehealth is that diagnostic tests have picked up. So in fact, now I would say our volumes, at least for CT and x-ray are at the same level, if not higher than pre-pandemic, so it's been an interesting shift. Um, but you know what? Just getting back to the podcast, like for me as well, uh, I developed an interest in finance over the years, and and for me, the podcast is just a great outlet for me to to talk about my interests and get across the right information to to our fellow healthcare professionals. And for now, the priority just remains focusing on good quality content. Um, you know, and that that that's that's really it. That, that's kind of the foundation. So.
0: you know, when you started this journey, um, what was the why for you? What was the the mission and vision? How did you envision this podcast being, you know, for the future? What what was the goal you wanted to achieve?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question, Vu. So as as for the why, you know, I can tell you I was one of the fortunate ones in the sense that I didn't have much debt to deal with in terms of medical education. But Our financial challenges maybe came a little bit later. So what happened was, as I was wrapping up training and starting work as staff, we had three straight years of cross-country, cross-continent moves. So we moved from Kingston to San Diego, San Diego to Calgary, Calgary to Toronto in back-to-back years, bought a house along the way, uh, made some mistakes there, I admit. Um, And all of that kind of added up. And once I came to Toronto, which was essentially the final destination, I had to sit down and reflect on where we were financially. And I realized that, you know what, we, we had taken some hits along the way. And naturally, just uh, through my own curiosity and desire to learn more, I became very interested in finance. And I can tell you, for the first few years here, I pe- just really peppered my accountant with so many questions. And to this day, I'm so thankful to him for putting up with me, teaching me. Um, but, you know, that that was kind of the motivation for for. Part of the motivation for the podcast, wanting to learn more myself, but then I noticed, regardless of where I went, I I just found that there were other healthcare professionals in the same situation. They had the same questions, whether it was about, you know, do I incorporate, when do I incorporate, and, you know, when I'm starting practice, um, you know, what do I need to look at, for example, for a disability insurance policy? There were so many questions that we all shared in common. And you know, I realized that there in terms of resources, there really wasn't much in terms of a physician-led resource for for others. And granted, I I hadn't come across your podcast until after I launched mine. But, you know, looking at all that, I, I felt like there was a need. And if I can just elaborate a little bit further, you know, healthcare professionals are a bit of a unique breed in the sense that our training you know, can be very long. So, you know, after undergrad, you're looking at a good six years to become a family doctor, specialists are hitting 10 years plus. And, you know, in our lengthy training, you know, as a result, we, we start earning later than a lot of other people. And when you look at medicine, I, I think that there's a lot to learn now, you know, part of it's the internet, part of it's just us learning more about diseases, and there's more information to learn. And a lot of that is so far removed from finance. Uh, so I think for both of those reasons, we start off a little bit behind. And, you know, for me, I just I wanted to make it a goal to kind of bridge that gap and help uh, my fellow peers, you know, learn more as I'm also learning more along the way. And so that's kind of the mission of the Beyond MD podcast is to relay that relevant financial content and and to do it with some expert guidance along the way.
0: Your uh, your journey and your why is very similar to mine, um, mm-hmm. you know, in one of my f- first uh, Maya culpa series uh, named Vu, <laughs> which is myself, yeah. <laughs> is I describe yeah. my mistakes. Um, I describe one of my mistakes. I've, I've made many, trust me. Uh, and there's going to be more Maya culpa series on Vu. Uh, but that's that's the reason why I started on this journey myself. Like I said, I, probably five, six years ago, I started learning about personal finance because no one was teaching us. Uh, I definitely did not get it in residency and uh, along the way, you know, you ask quote unquote advisors here and there, and you're not so sure whether the advice is right or not. You're not sure whether there's conflict or not. Uh, And so along the way, I've made a lot of mistakes, even with advisors, uh, so-called advisors, because a lot of them in the finance industry uh, only sees us as a dollar sign they don't see me as mm-hmm. vu they see me as a someone that they can punch and some money will spit up like an atm and so unfortunately i learned my mistakes that way and uh, that's why i decided to you know do a podcast so, to help my fellow colleagues um in the community trying to understand a little bit more and you know the the reason is really just to make sure that people use critical thinking Mm-hmm. Right. Like in, in medicine and in radiology and emergency medicine, we, we get data points and then we use those data points to do critical thinking and then make a decision. Unfortunately, when you don't have a background knowledge, how do you critically think and make sure that whatever you're being proposed is actually a good idea? And I was just you know, chatting with a friend last night. Uh, many of us, your colleague, my colleague, physicians don't even want to deal with this. Uh, they yeah. just delegate to an advisor and say, take it over. And and I keep saying to them, well, if, if you're giving control to someone else, you've just lost control of it uh, and you, you become an ATM machine. And that's about it. And so uh, very similar in, in how I started as well in terms of uh, the reason why. When you uh, when you launch your podcast, uh, yeah. what was important for you in your podcast? What did you wanted to drive at?
1: For, for sure, there, there are certain um, you know messages that I think I'm I'm trying to get across here uh, in in my podcast. You know, first and foremost, um, you know I I want people to know, especially in healthcare, that you know it is okay to talk about finance. Like I really want to get that conversation going, and and I think there's a variety of reasons why you know, we tend not to talk about finances in, in medicine, I think, first and foremost, like we we see our jobs as as that of healers and, and helping people. And that's not really tied to finance. Uh, so and I think that's just kind of a, a natural aspect of medicine. But truth be told, when we look at, you know, our fellow professional peers, whether they're in accounting, they're in law, you know, everyone is is talking about about finance. So I really do believe it is okay for us to do so as well. And you know, I think finance also, ties into the overall picture of of physician wellness you know i'm not encouraging people to think only about money or to find loopholes that's not the goal of the podcast but the goal is understanding finance and understanding how it can tie into the overall picture of of wellness because truth be told when we look at or or think about the different um the different things that cause stress a lot of them are tied to, to to money so um, this is one of the things that I want to get out there. It's okay, it's okay to talk about finance. And in fact, I think it's in our best interest to to learn more more about it. And um, the, the second point I'm trying to get out is, of course, there's a lot uh, of information to learn in medicine. You know, our jobs are busy, but I, I challenge everybody. I, I encourage everybody to just learn as much as they can about finance, because Vu, I just want to echo what you said before. Some people will kind of delegate all this information to an advisor and say, listen, I don't want to deal with this. But, you know, I, I think that it's really important to think critically because at the end of the day, when it comes to, you know, growing your money, protecting your assets, nobody's really going to care about that as, as much as you. And if you have the right knowledge to do so, and whether that's the, and these are simple things like how should I invest my money? You know, how much of it should I invest in the corporation versus outside um, you know what what do I need to look for in an insurance policy and and how do I do things in a tax efficient way? I mean, in order to answer all these questions, you need to know the content. So what I tell people is, it's I think it's best to to keep your hands on the steering wheel and and, and drive the car. That's certainly what I like to do. I'm a very hands-on individual. but at the same time, you know, you once you have that knowledge, you'll be equipped to ask the right questions. You know, if you do speak to an advisor, and then you can have a much more productive conversation. And you know, one other thing I'd like to mention, through my podcast, I, I'm not telling people that they should totally forego um, advisors or financial professionals. I mean, I, I think that if you have the knowledge base and if you're equipped with the right information. Um, You can turn a conversation with an advisor into a very productive one that that could work out very well. But I think it's best to go into those scenarios as informed as you can. So that's also something that I'm trying to get out there.
0: No, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I've been saying this on my podcast all the time. I give the analogy of myself as a family doctor and my patient. You know, when I tell my patient, you know, you need to reduce your A1C uh, to manage your diabetes and you need to get your LDL less than two. And then they look at me with big, bright eyes and say, I'm, I just came from Mars. Um, so it's not helpful to me nor my patient to be speaking those type of jargon. But it's also not helpful to my patient if if they don't even understand what diabetes is, uh, if they don't exactly. even understand the, the long-term complications. So, I, I will have to take time to educate them on it. But what would be even better if they were educated before they came in? Uh, and so that discussion is a much more enriched discussion and they they will understand why they need to keep their A1C less than seven. Right. Uh, and so those type of discussions that we're having in medicine, I have a very hard time. Why physicians have a have a difficult time understanding that when it comes to their own finances. Um, because an informed consumer, which we are, uh, is a much better efficient consumer, at least in finance.
1: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: The, the other uh, aspect that I wanted to echo, you mentioned that it's better for us to learn about finance Uh, Because it's tied to well being. I will push that a little bit farther. And I will say it's a must. It's, It's not just better. It's a must. Because let's be honest, let's let's live in reality. Money makes the world turn round. And it really does. Uh, we frequently have discussions in our department about, you know, we want to do this program for the homeless uh, presenting to the emerge. We want to do this ultrasound program for the emergency department. We we want to do another program for the LOD patients coming to our emergency department. And then we say, well, there's no money. The foundation can't give us money. The ministry can't give us money. Uh, we have no money, so we can't do it. And People fail to realize that for any of those programs to exist, there needs to be money. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's true. And 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 it's very funny that as physicians, we think that money will either come from the sky or our good friend, the premier, will give us money at the simple ask. And so, you know, when we when we think of money as being something really abstract and con- and not concrete, we totally missed the boat because we can't do anything without it. From a personal perspective, you know, I hear a lot, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. Well, I think people who say that uh, don't understand that without money, you'll definitely be miserable. Money doesn't buy happiness, which is not true. Money does buy happiness. If I if I was going to the movies with my kids and my kids wanted popcorn and I can't buy them, I wouldn't tell you how unhappy my kid will be, <laughs> right? So yeah. money does buy happiness. I think what people what people are not understanding is that a lot of money doesn't buy you more happiness. I think that's what people don't understand.
1: You know what? That, that's a great point. And you know what, uh, Vu, this actually reminds me about something I read. It's not Perfectly tied to to what you just said, but it's related. And there's a really good book out there called um, um, it's it's written by Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell, and it's called Outliers. I really yeah. like that book. And he actually in that book he has a graph, and it basically it, it it's a graph, and it's basically a bell curve. And and basically you're looking at uh, basically you know achievements of of children, academic and professional success, and how that ties to income. And you look at basically what he mentioned was, it's interesting because families who had very little income, you know, uh, unfortunately, things probably didn't work out so well for the next generation. And obviously, there's a certain happiness element that is tied to that. But, you know, as you got to kind of a little bit higher income, you know, let's say a little bit more than median income, kids started to do well, families started to do well. But then beyond that, obviously, like more and more money, you know, did not buy more success. So, you know what, I, I really, I echo what you're saying. You know, money is is central to to what we do. You know, I'm, I'm still a big believer that obviously, you know, true, true inner happiness, I think, you know, comes from many things, one of which is very meaningful personal relationships. I mean, and I think the pandemic has really, you know, kind of put that at the forefront, but Vu, you're right. Like, you know, to, to say that, you know, you've gone through medical training for 10 years, you're transitioning now as a new physician, and you know you don't have uh, a, a grasp of basic financial concepts i just don't think we're we're doing ourselves uh, a favor uh, if we're in that situation so i'm on the same page
0: you know that that graph that bell curve graph from malcolm gladwell is is uh, actually put it into perspective i mean we have to think uh, that money is not the end all and be all money is a tool right yeah. it, it's a tool to help you do many things um now you know if I if I wanted to if I wanted to nail if I wanted to hammer a nail I need a hammer, but if I have fifteen hammers it does nothing for me I don't just need one right yeah but yeah. if I have no hammer I'd be really miserable too <laughs> yeah right so yeah, so right. you have to think of of money in that in that frame of mind, but coming back to your relationship of money and uh, wellness I I absolutely you know, buy into that, because, you know, every time that I think about, you know, how much how many shifts I have to work, uh, to meet my monthly commitments to pay my bills to pay my mortgage to uh, put clothes uh, on my children and and to send them to school, how many shifts I have to do how many night shifts I have to do, uh, it, it puts a it puts a toll, you know, on on my um, on my emotional well being. And the less I have to do to actually fulfill that commitment, well, the more time I now have for my family, for my neighbor, for my parents, for volunteering, for any of those. So talking about money and and properly managing money is part of a person's wellness. I'm not to say that money is everything and, and money is the only thing to wellness. It's just one part of it. But failing to discuss it and failing to recognize it uh, is a problem, uh, and unfortunately, in our community, it is a taboo subject, like you said. Uh, and I think your podcast, my podcast, many other podcasts are, hopefully, trying to change that, uh, change that mentality.
1: Yeah, Vu. I mean, I'll just you know, you know, echo a, a few things there. Uh, just just to elaborate. So, when I think about. I can, I can tell, you know, listeners what's, what's on my mind on a week to week basis, like the things that cause me stress. So I can tell you in the pandemic, one thing we, we changed up was we changed, uh, the schooling for our kids and we actually made the transition to private school, you know, just thinking that, well, I think that would be a a situation where, um, you know, just protection from COVID would be would be optimized, and we could have a bit more control as parents. And and we're very happy with that decision. But you know, with private schooling comes comes cost, right? And so you can't do that without money. So that's, for example, one thing I think about, you know, I recently talked to a friend and, and uh, a colleague, and and they told me that they were sending their kids uh, to medical school abroad, which is great. But it comes with basically an $80,000 a year price tag, you know, obviously cost of living now, has has skyrocketed. You know, 80% of of Canadians live in the 6 to 7 biggest cities and that number along with, you know, projected immigration targets that increases demand for housing. So if you look at cost of living for for the average individual, average physician, whatever you have it, I mean, it's it's skyrocketed in the last decade. You know, people often have taxes on their mind, they're thinking about how to save up for retirement. Like these are just examples of things that are on my mind and like unfortunately a lot of them are tied to to finance so I think the the mission really here is to you know not not find find loopholes you know you're you're basically looking at um, how can you make your your money work harder do things tax efficiently and once you do that I, I really am a true believer that all of these financial concerns and and relevant financial areas in one's life are going to be, you know, conquered, they're more conquerable. And, and once you do that, then you're actually reducing your your stress level, hopefully less burnout. And in fact, I think that actually allows one to dedicate more time and energy to their day to day work and looking after patients. So, you know, one, one could argue that once you're well set up financially, and you understand these concepts, then you can spend more of your energy uh, doing the things day to day in your practice that that matter. So that's just my take on it.
0: I, uh, I share the same uh, vision of uh, as you do and the same philosophy. I mean, you mentioned energy a few times, and I cannot agree more. I've said it many times in my podcast that we actually do a trade. We We trade our life energy for an income. That's what we do. You and I don't build factories and produce vaccines and sell those vaccines while we're sleeping and still make money. We don't do that you and I make an income because you have to be reading x-rays and reading CT scans and you have to dedicate your time. And I make my income because I have to see, touch, examine patients. Uh, And we actually trade our life energy for that income. And so how do we we use that energy the most efficient way possible is really tied to how we actually uh, feel how well we are uh, our own well-being and it really ties to burnout because i don't know if you know this stat but 86% of emergency doctors in canada are burnt out now if you think that's about it 80, 86% yeah. of a sector in our canadian healthcare mm-hmm. industry burnt out is just i don't even know how to say it
1: uh, um, that's mind-boggling yeah that's right
0: that's
1: too bad and yeah.
0: um and many of the reasons the burnout exists is uh personal stress from finance. I'm not saying it's the only thing, but it's one of those things that we can control.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I share that. Um,
0: okay. So I wanted to ask you, you know, with your podcast, you, you talk a lot about the, the nitty gritty and the, and the details of investing um, and also personal finance. What would be uh your vision uh for that what would you like to achieve uh with your podcast in the long run what would you like to see change
1: yeah you know it's it's a really good question um i guess first and foremost you know my my short-term vision is is really to just focus on you know getting the right people getting the right experts to to Help me pass on the right information to the audience. And 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 I, I say the audience is anybody is welcome to listen to the podcast, but certainly some episodes are geared specifically towards healthcare professionals. But a lot of these concepts apply to, you know, professionals, anybody who's a small business owner. But first and foremost is just focusing on on the content. Um I over time have been been reaching out to you know residents and and new physicians. I, I personally believe, Vu, that. Uh, the people who can probably benefit most from the material are are, our residents and and physicians, maybe in their first five to 10 years of of training, because I feel like that's a, a delicate time where we're transitioning to practice, where I think you want to, you know, make certain financial decisions well and with the right information. So, and what I've learned, Vu, actually, in reaching out to, to these people, like I use LinkedIn, I use Facebook, and uh, but I've learned that there there is a real desire to for for people to learn this information. Like I had a a medical student from the University of Alberta who who reached out to me with with questions, and they said that um, over the pandemic they'd become interested in finance, and they actually started to invest in ETFs. And you know what? To hear that boo, was just so refreshing for me because when I was a medical student, trust me, that was not on my radar. And I was actually a medical student during the financial crisis. Like that would have been a great time to like set aside a little bit of stuff of of money for, for the long haul. But what I'm learning is that people want to learn about it. So, and and over time, I'm slowly starting to reach out to two program directors, just trying to articulate why I feel, you know, having finance in the curriculum is, is an asset. And actually in, in reaching out to, um, you know, a few residents, especially in southwestern Ontario, they've told me that their curriculums are starting to introduce finance. So long-term objective, long-term vision, boo. You know, I, I would love it if if the podcast you know becomes a a resource that that people can can rely upon. You know, let's say if if there's not enough finance in the residency curriculum, which I, I really think it should be. Um, you know, hopefully, it can be a resource that that people rely on to to kind of guide them in in making the right financial decisions, especially when they're wrapping up residency and, and transitioning to practice. I think that's the audience that can kind of benefit the most.
0: Yeah, my, my hope is the same, um, trying to get more people understanding how this could be important in their life skill. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you because since the launch of my podcast, I've noticed a very slow uptake in people, you know, downloading the podcast and listening to it. And I don't know what your experience is uh, with that. And I think you and I have talked about this. What, why do you think that uh, podcasts like yours and mine's, you know, talking about finance, trying to reach healthcare professionals and doctors, why, what are the challenges that we face and why people are not listening? What are the things that are barriers? to why physicians in general, uh, in particular, are not listening to, you know, financial podcasts or not wanting to learn this? What what do you think the challenges are?
1: It's a really good question, Vu. I I think uh, first thing I'll mention is, uh, you know, we both uh, started the podcast in 2020. So when you look at, you know, all the business and finance podcasts that are out there, like we are relatively new voices, right? And when you're a new voice, I think it certainly takes time to establish an audience and, and basically gain, gain their trust. So, and I I have a few friends who, who, who also have a podcast as kind of a, you know, I'll call it a side gig for now, but it's more a hobby, a passion. Um, But they've told me that, listen, it takes a long, long time to, to establish a consistent audience and you just have to kind of stick with it. So I think first thing is it's a new voice. You know, the second thing is I think I may not call it taboo but some people kind of question you know is is this a side gig and like what why why would people want to kind of have a you know a gig on the side but my my argument for that is um you know this is an, an interest it's a passion and i i feel like what you and i are trying to do is we're trying to shed light on subject matter that we think is essential to everybody including healthcare professionals and that's kind of what what drives us and and at the end of the day we're doing something that we hope can can benefit the medical community as a whole and in terms of whether it's a taboo topic like I I agree to you for sure to a certain extent that you know depending on who you talk to in medicine depending on where they are in their in their training because you know a lot of medicine has been um, you know it's part of it's been like a rite of passage you know Uh, and I think first and foremost and first and foremost for me I'm a radiologist I look after patients but I, I, I think to a certain extent there is that sentiment that Talking about money, given our jobs, it can at times be a bit of a taboo topic. But that's something I'm I'm trying to, to, to shed. And you know, the encouraging thing for me, Vu, is in reaching out to residents, medical students, you know, new physicians. I know there is a desire to learn this, but I think these are kind of all all the challenges. Um, and and also part of it is Vu, you know, how do people launch a new product these days? It's through social media, and and I can tell you. You know, I until this podcast, I was not really keeping up with social media. You know, I, I didn't know uh, very much about how to use Twitter. You know, even on LinkedIn, I wasn't that present. Uh, Facebook, but I think these are just all the challenges. But first and foremost, it's being a new voice, taking time to grow an audience, and then kind of you know getting over the hump of yeah, uh, you know, people looking at this as maybe you know a side gig and a and a somewhat of a taboo topic. But I think these are all 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 the the major challenges.
0: Thank you for sharing your insight with me. Uh, I, I believe, like you, those are the major factors. But I, I I, believe as well that, you know, even though I've, you know, uh, sort of advertised uh, this podcast to friends, colleagues, people that I know, the uptake is very slow because I'm still in the belief that a lot of us in healthcare either think that we don't have the time or this is not as important as, you know, their clinical practice right now, because we are all inundated by information and data. Uh, and it's coming as at us, uh, at us uh, fast and furious. It's, you know, it's like drinking from a uh, fire hose, <laughs> the, the amount of data that we have to consume every day, every month about our own specialty. And so adding this on top of that is just, you know, almost impossible. And so I can understand why the um, why we have a difficult time uh, uptaking this, in addition to the, you know, the fact that, you know, this is almost a taboo subject for us. And so I I think that hopefully over time, and I, and I see a bit of, of optimism in what you say that medical students and residents now want to know this. Uh, and in fact, it will impact them the most because if they start off with the right foot, I'm hoping that over time that uh, that they actually find a way out of this financial stress and avoid burden uh, and avoid uh, and avoid uh, burnout. Because if we keep teaching our medical students and our residents the same mistake we were making, the same mistake we were making centuries and after centuries after centuries uh, how do we expect them to ever get out of this so uh, burnout will just get worse over time and if they don't learn this now uh, and start off with the right foot they will end up in the same place uh, i have now uh, i know i'm much older than you are so i'm probably more burnt out than you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I- I'm, my hope for the future is a little bit more uh, more bright
1: yeah, no, Vu, just one thing I'll, I'll uh, pass on is one piece of feedback that I received from residents and talking to them is they mention exactly what you just did in that the amount of information, just medicine that they need to learn, they find that to be enough on its own. And they say that when these financial concepts are introduced into the curriculum, given everything they have to learn, it's really hard for the finance to, to stick. And you know what? I don't blame them for that. I think that's only natural. But I guess my view is that the earlier these concepts are introduced, I think it will just encourage people to start at least thinking about finance a little bit earlier than perhaps you know you you and I did. I certainly wish I started thinking about it earlier and and I think as long as those you know foundational pieces are laid down, I think those can be useful stepping stones to just increase your knowledge and and do the right things.
0: Yeah, no I i'm I'm actually very happy to hear what you just said. Uh, that you know you mentioned uh, different universities slowly introducing it in the curriculum and i i agree with you um when you have to learn the medicine and on top of that have to understand the finance where it does not necessarily make sense to you why you need to learn it now right it's like uh it's like people it's like you know my 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 kids you know they're they're learning math and they're learning history and they're like why am i learning this like I don't understand why I'm learning math and I'm learning history. And then it's only until they're adult that they realize, oh, I need math and I need to understand history. Um, And so for them at this point, they find it so irrelevant. Uh, They don't see the impact. Absolutely. Okay. So I've I've, uh, had a really great chat with you, uh, Yatin. So if you had to leave my audience with the uh, one burning thought, uh get it off your chest, what would that be?
1: Yeah, that's uh that's a great that's a great question. Um you know, I I would say guys, you know the the way I view life is that you know, you've got one life to live and you know, I I really believe in 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 learning as much as you can. And I know that you know, many people who will be tuning into our podcasts, you know, are either medical trainees, residents, maybe, maybe physicians in their first 10 years, There is a lot of information to learn, but I just encourage you to be as curious as possible as thirsty for knowledge as possible, because, you know, finance, like anything else in medicine, I really do believe like the more you learn, the more exciting it becomes, you know, it, um, it's like, like anything with life. And, uh, you know vu i've i've learned uh about finance simply talking to you and and i also encourage you guys to just talk to your colleagues about finance you you never you never know what you may learn you'll be surprised at what you learn but the message from me to the audience is you know guys you've got one life to live learn as much as you can and you know i advise all trainees all new physicians do your best to learn about finance because once you have that knowledge you'll be able to go into discussions with anybody with an advisor you know knowing the right information and hopefully you'll be able to make uh, the right decision for yourself and it could pay off in the long term
0: thank you for that I think uh, having uh, some basic understanding is all one needs uh, in terms of finance because that's what's going to drive the critical thinking and at the end hopefully plan a, a, a pathway for a future that is more secure and hopefully preventing burnout. That's that's really what this is all about. Um, Financial security so that you don't feel as stress anymore. But, you know, having that armitarium, having those tools under your belt to be a educated consumer uh, really takes you a long way and not to be victimized by people who wants to just sell you things. Because yeah. at the end of the day, those type of mistakes are sometimes irreparable.
1: And Vu, could I maybe just say one last thing? The, I think the one lesson I've learned over time is, you know, finance, is it's not one shoe fits all. Like, just because, you know, you hear about one of your colleagues who is investing in a certain way or pursuing certain insurance policies, that may not be the right strategy for you, which I think and further emphasizes the need to learn this information because like, you know, one, one size is not fit all with finance. So I think you really need to be equipped with this information so you can make the the right decision for yourself, which may not be the right decision, you know, for your colleague. That's just another point I want to emphasize.
0: Great point. Great point. And it leads to critical thinking. I love yeah. it. Okay. Well, listen, uh, Yatin, it's been, uh, it's been amazing. It's been a great chat. Uh, Thank you very much for coming on to my podcast and uh, talking to my audience today,
1: uh, Vu. It's a total pleasure uh, for me to come on here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, for me, I can just say that it's it's really exciting and refreshing to see uh, you know one of my colleagues you know on a similar mission, and I think you're doing a great job. So thanks again.
0: Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. So if you want to hear more of Yatin on his podcast, it's uh, Beyond MD. On all the streaming platforms, and uh, he has a lot of great content. Uh, so I'm learning a lot from his uh, podcast as well. So I invite everybody to uh, go and uh, and listen to Yatin. Well, I hope you guys have taken a lot of golden nuggets from our discussion with Yatin today. And I wanna thank Yatin for his very frank and open discussion and sharing of his experience with us today. If you have enjoyed this podcast, then please share it with your friends, your colleagues, medical students and residents, and whomever you think may benefit from learning about personal finance.
1: How is my financial health doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your
0: advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice.